last night was insane. Oh my god. JR's. Oh my god. It's it's How long's JR's been there now? Oh my god. I don't even know how long he's been there. It's been a while. I I kind of weaseled my way into that place. A podcast that I was doing a number of years ago. Um one of my original podcasts. I went over there and I interviewed the band from Pittsburgh called Cian. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear the no. Irish band? No. That was the first time I saw microphones that held yards of beer, microphone stands. Yeah, okay. And their tip jar was a toilet. Nice. Then they did Pittsburgh related and dirty Irish songs. Nice. They were terrific. Nice. And interviewed them back there between the kitchen and the bathrooms and Lovely. Yeah, it was a great experience. <laughs> I love those stories. Yeah. So what made last night so nuts? I have a Tuesday night that reminds me, uh, I call it Irish Bob's 2.0. Irish Bob's 2.0. Well, you remember how Irish Bob's got on Monday nights. Okay, yes. It was people would flock into that place on a Monday night. On a Monday night. It was insane. It It was was the place to be. Period. If you were doing anything on a weekday, the one day you were doing was Monday. And who goes out on a Monday? So last night at JR's was like this. Yeah, it's been like that. It's been like that for a number of months now. It's, it's been growing in Oh, I like it with the, with the lighting. Christmas The latest from Tom Shaw Entertainment. It's Christmas biscuits. It should be Christmas biscuits. <laughs> the Penn, Ohio Go Go Bungalow Radio Show, brought to you by G and J Fencing. So JR's was like Irish Bob's. 2.0. It's what it's been like. It's like young kids coming in. Well, that was my next question. What was the age range? Last night? Yeah. Oh, it's it's 20s. It's 20-something. How are you doing? I mean, I remember back in the day when we were in our 30s and dealing with 20-year-olds. Right. And I was starting to feel old then. I can't even... I haven't done anything like that in 20 years. I have no idea. What I am experiencing now as a 62-year-old man in a bar with people that I could have fathered <laughs> or people that even my kids could have fathered, <laughs> I am now in a position of where they literally love me like an uncle. Like an uncle. Or a grandpa. Yeah, and that kind of frightens me. Well, at least you're at a good you're at a good place now to I'm, be yeah, that. They hug me and they yeah. tell me they love me and they, I get I give relationship advice and I take car keys from people I know there that I see drinking too much and you need to not be driving tonight. And I'm I would imagine your wife Cheryl's around enough. She's kind of like Mrs. Claus. Oh yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> um, her, Although she's way hipper than you are. 
Well, her uh, boss, you know, my wife is the assistant manager of Packer Music Hall in right. Warren, and her boss calls her Mrs. Simply. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Speaking of that, I was thinking about this. I think our 70-plus listeners <laughs> would okay. be very interested for you to take a moment and tell the story of how you and I came to Simply Ed and the evolution of that name. We've had a couple of conversations over the years and during with our friendship, um, and I know that other people out there have tried to take credit. Yes. Unfortunately, the only person that does know it is now passed. Exactly. May he rest in peace, exactly. Bobby Tombo. <clears throat> but it was... Um, we started the karaoke, when was that, 1990? Yep, 1990. And Super Dave and I had our shows already rolling. And I remember you were wait, you were just chomping at the bit. You were Waiting in the wings. Bu bugging the daylights out of Bobby oh, to get a second system. Like and, I was terrible. And I remember when the system was ordered. And it took forever to come in because it wasn't like it is now. I mean, it was on a slow boat from Japan. But we were waiting and we were waiting. In the meantime, we'd gotten notification it was coming in really, really soon. So we had pitched um, you doing karaoke at the old Howard Johnson's on Belmont Avenue. Lovely little tiny place. And, and I think they were Korean or Indian. I think they were Indian. Were they Indian? I'm sure. But um, for whatever reason, yeah, I mean, the price was right. And he thought it would be interesting. And it was all going to be the, the newest rage. And. So we decided the week before we were going to start karaoke, we talked you into going in there and just DJing for the night. The guy really wanted entertainment. And we, so we put you in there that evening spinning tunes in a Howard Johnson's <laughs> hotel bar. Yes. And I had gone the week before, the, the week of, and put posters all over the hotel. And I gave you the name Electric Eddie. Come see Electric Eddie Friday night in the lounge. <sighs> and so the night that night when we got there and it was time to close and we had gone, we were done with our show and we went over to assist you in tearing down yours. And we got in there and you were sitting in the corner. There were probably three people in the bar. Yeah, it was that. dead. It was terrible. And you were sitting there with your arms crossed and completely ticked off. And I walked over and it's like, what's wrong, Ed? And you held up that poster. Oh, yeah, because I tore them all down. Held it up and you says, I don't want to be Electric Eddie. I I, I just want to be Simply Ed. Boom. And that was it. Yeah. Was From then on, every poster that was ever made. Yep, and there it was. Rebuilds you as Simply Ed. Crazy, isn't it? And I think you. Electric I Eddie, how it, dare you. I think even Simply Ed, you were a little reluctant at first, and it kind of gave in, and it's just, it's now who you are. And there we are. Sometimes uh, I don't even know if I have a last name anymore. Will that be on your tombstone or your Oh, my urn God. Or your urn? <laughs> well, I never even thought. I haven't got that far yet thinking about that. Because, you know, uh, in the Catholic Church, uh, they frown they on frown cremation. Upon That's right. And my mother ended up being cremated. And uh, may she rest in peace. What a great woman my mother was. And... Uh, we buried her urn with her at her parents' grave, and I was very surprised that the uh, 
the priest that was involved in her funeral, because we had a memorial service down at the Royal Oaks, and then we did a private thing at the cemetery. But uh, he was okay with the cremation and the burying and whatnot. But yeah. Um, interesting you know, how this conversation's going. I was out with my friend the coroner last night. Oh, I've always wanted to. I would love to know a coroner. You're gonna, you're gonna get to know John. I can't wait to meet him. You're gonna get to know John. John, I, I love my my friends are all so much fun and so unusual. So I was out for wings last night with the county coroner, the owner of the local rodeo, the county anthropologist. So that's a cornucopia of personalities. <laughs> so much my fun. God, we went to have wings. And the coroner doesn't like his wings on the bone. <laughs> oh, how surprising. Uh, Those are my favorite TV shows are corner. Remember Quincy? Oh, yeah. Oh, we God, talk about Quincy. Show. Quincy and Emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, we were talking about cremation and everything. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting subject now because that's becoming pretty much the norm is cremation. Yeah. And the old... The, the standard um, burial funeral is becoming more and more a thing of a past, and that's right. pretty much because of economics. Oh, yeah, but there's always the new, the new craze that's coming out where you're buried in the root of a tree and you... I've seen that. I, I, am, I am absolutely awed by that whole prospect where you take your naked, unembalmed body, mm-hmm. throw it in a in a hole, mm-hmm. <laughs> put some dirt on you, and then throw a tree on top of you. How about that? I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I just I just keep thinking about worms. I'm not I'm not <laughs> going to worry about it. I'm going to let you know. Right. My son. Oh, you you're know. not going to do a will. I'm not, if well, yeah, there'll be a will. But um, or is a will, but it doesn't get into details of how to. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they could put me in a refrigerator box and float me down the Shenango River. Ooh, that's a lovely idea. Then you could. I be, could be part of. I could be part of the uh, the old fire festival down there. Yeah, your body somehow gets caught in some some wood type thing and stuck on the shore and it decomposes and your body's found five years later turns I, in, it turns into a cold case and then next thing you know there's billboards up i'd be happy with a <laughs> i'd be happy with a performance art reenactment of fargo and they could use a chipper shredder oh that would be colorful yeah but where it, all right so you take the chipper shredder <laughs> Now, t-shirts. It, you could <laughs> it it could be aimed at a certain sure. Do you remember Northern Exposure? Yes, I do. Okay, so they uh, they got rid of a body, a cast member, um, flinging him with a catapult. Yes, it actually wasn't a catapult. I forget what the other one's called. A tributary. Tri- tri- a, oh. You know, I'm around all this electronic stuff. I could just look it up, but I think it's funnier if I just mispronounce it. Okay. A tribuchet. Tribuchet. All right. I think that's it. So you could look it up or somebody, one of our 70 listeners. Yeah, they'll, they'll find it and they'll you, correct us in the comments. That would be great. 
we look forward to commentary, yeah. by the way, because I think we're going to evolve this thing. Into That's going to be so, all new. I want everyone to know out there as you're listening to this, we want to be a little funny. We want to uh, tell you stories about our pasts and how they may relate to you somehow or someone you know. But down the road, we want to involve audience members in our show. Absolutely. And we do, uh, we're going to look into doing the remote thing that doing, we've been talking about. Talking today. about taking this out and making this more of a live show. Yes, and then if we get cameras involved, I guess we're going to have to clean up a little bit, aren't we? I don't care. You don't care? I, I'm, just, we're, I just I'm looking across at you, and you're looking anymore. across at me, and it's, I don't know, it's not that pretty. Oh, no, no. You're a, you're a good-looking dude. Oh, man, thank you. Um, Soupy Sales meets Mel Gibson. I, that was that was a classic ad, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. I have that picture. I, I still. I think here. I saved it on my phone. That is, yeah. So back to the uh, JR's thing. It's it's a karaoke has gone in waves over the last thirty three years. Mm -hmm. and there's been some dips and some you know, and there were it didn't seem as popular. People were kind of over it. Mm -hmm. And what I have seen happening since COVID has let up and everyone's starting to going back out again and just wanted people just wanted to go out and have fun. And we've talked about this, and we'll talk about it on multiple occasions. I'm still, it's just fun to go to a karaoke show, mm -hmm. whether you sing or not. It's fun to do anything. You know, we have this, um, I, I'm, I'm not one that's anti-diversion. Okay. And I mean, even if, even, if it's, even if your extracurricular activities are church, at least you're getting out and you're socializing and having conversation with other people. Right. But I'm such a big fan of the fact that the microbrews and the wineries have really moved into the area here at this particular point in our oh, life. Oh, it's amazing. Um, big Rail Brewing over in Grove City, PA. Which I've never been to. Dude, most of the activities that go on out there, it, you know, it's outside. They do have an indoor venue now, that, and I haven't been to it yet. I've seen the building, but I haven't been to a, a, an activity there yet. But they put fire pits out everywhere. They've got picnic tables, and they continue all. And there's a there's a nice chunk of the population, and there needs to be more of that that aren't afraid of the elements. Who right. cares if you get a little rain on you? Who exactly. cares if it gets a little? Especially when we have the technology of today's clothing. Right. Geez, oh man, they have battery operated coats. Exactly. So there's no excuse not to get out. Not to mention the fresh air. Right. Mm. It's great. But anyway, I I digress. So. Juniors, we have, and that's where this all started. I, I just, I, I personally don't know if I could, if I could do twenty-year-olds. <laughs> that didn't come out right. Well, I just choked a little bit. <laughs> okay, that I could participate in extracurricular activities of the entertaining music. I, you know, well. I don't. I don't think I relate anymore. It makes me sad. I am very blessed that I had children late in life. That we did touch on that last time, and that no. is a big factor. I mean, my, my son's forty. Yeah, I'm sixty-two, and I have a twenty-one-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, as they got into music, I was exposed to what they were listening to. 
which helps me stay young and fresh, I guess, and current. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm finding that my young people that are coming to my karaoke shows now and the songs that they're choosing to sing, that they're introducing me to music I don't normally listen to. Then I'm blown away by some of these kids. There was a kid last night that couldn't be older than 25 that sang uh, Riders on the Storm by the Doors and did a great job on it. So I appreciate that these younger kids are into some of this classic music that I grew up with. And then they put in a slip, and I go, oh, my God, you're going to sing this song? This is great. Some young kid last night sang Brandy by Looking Glass, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. And I'm going, I love this. And I'll thank you for this, because now it gives me something I can relate to, because I'd love to sit down and ask those kids. If a kid, if a 20-year-old singing writer's on the storm, then he has to remember where he heard it first. Right. You know, and I'd like to know that story. Yeah, exactly. Or if, was if it his parents Brandy. or was yeah, it just... grandparents or... Right, exactly. You know, now I... Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, well, I, in my case, with my oldest son, I introduced him to vinyl years ago. Mm-hmm. And we would go through my record collection and I'd play him Billy Joel in The Doors and Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and a, a whole gamut of different genres of music and especially um, after my divorce, when I just when it was my turn to have the boys, we did a lot. Of, we listened to a lot of music, and um, he now has an incredible vinyl collection of his own. I bought him a really nice turntable a couple of years ago for Christmas, and he goes to record stores all the time, and he's like fishing through bins like I used to when I used to go to Underdog Records back when it was on South Avenue back in the back in the day which Underdog now is now in Hubbard. Was that Sonny's place? Yeah, Sonny's still Sonny around. Sonny still has it. Oh, I know. I oh, see. I love, yeah. I see him and Tom, and I can't oh, yeah. remember the, the something. I can't think what their, the name of the band is now. Saxville Rhythm and Blues. Well, that was Sonny's original yeah. band, but he and Tom Saylor and a couple, they've oh, been performing. Right. They're as, doing um, something. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember. I need to look that up. But yeah, he's Sonny's still there, and he's got that little store in Hubbard now in 62, and it, it's great. It's basically just the same building in a different location. I, I mean, need to go in there. It's got that you walk in and you just smell all that, all those albums. You could just, it, it, there's a smell to a record store that is like nothing else you will ever experience, mm-hmm. especially if it's in a small room and it's just all contained. Mm-hmm. And then you go through, you go to a bin and you take your fingers and you filter through the, those records one at a time and it's such a great feeling instead of getting your phone out and going to spotify and clicking putting something in your search window it's it's uh, it's it's an experience that i think has come back around i mean west side bowl just did this big record i saw that uh record like swap meet type mm-hmm. thing and it was i guess i wish i would have known about it i saw it after the fact i would have loved to have been there beachland ballroom they do things they oh, do, they do stuff like that too. Market too well hey. that's the kind of stuff that we will start promoting here as we get into i think we'll we'll start having a, an entertainment segment in I, our podcast where we promote stuff i kind of thought because i've been on this roll 
this last few weeks because I've been so excited about this. And I don't think I'm even going to the show, um, at least not this time. But this is the kind of stuff I'd love to do here with a small, intimate audience. Right. Do you know Pokey Lafarge? No. Let me show you Pokey Lafarge. Hey, all right. Talk about bringing back an old sound to a modern audience. And where is he out of? Working hard as ever. Oh, yes, just one on So, Pokey grew up. Let me get out of this. So, Pokey grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, he's got two shows coming. He's going to be at the Beachland Ballroom and then um, down at um, Thunderbirds. Rhythm and Grill in Pittsburgh. Okay. Can't see anymore. Um, yeah, this Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday evening, Thunderbirds Cafe and Music Hall in Pittsburgh. And then Sunday, he's going to be at the Beachland Ballroom. But I've been following this cat for years. And this is, it's, it, it's it, you talk about nostalgia, but yet it's new. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Isn't that, it's just so, it's that... There's a bunch of artists out right now that have rediscovered that whole depression era um, music and, and that style. Right. Um, not to mention, too, I it just I got through producing my latest music podcast here today, too. And it just so happens that... Which I think people should listen to, by the thank way. Thank you. You should promote yourself. The Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Now, go back and look them up. I, I, I've heard of them. Uh, yeah. They're amazing. And then the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. Both are going to be appearing at Ken Stage coming up here in the next couple of weeks, which is just, I man, there's so much amazing music. But this Pokey Lafarge. Excellent. Dude, it makes me happy every time. You put them on, put on a video, it right. just makes you happy. I, I don't know if you feel the same way I do, Dana, but I've seen... A real resurgence in venues doing more and more live entertainment, whether it's a guy with an acoustic guitar or bands or combos or like JR's. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to JR's for a minute. Once a month, and it's coming up this coming Monday, the very first Monday of every month, Jeff has the first class big band perform there i did see that and it's a full-blown glenn miller style orchestra right. how's it being received it's it's huge so they're packing the place how about the swing dancers well the, and they are getting some dancers Cause too because he cedars, leaves that dance floor open for that the cedars down in uh downtown youngstown oh, back in the day, back in the day they did to, do that they had a big group of swing dancers oh absolutely Dude, i remember I that down there and nursing you know, but this is he does it once a month from seven thirty to nine thirty, the first Monday of every month at JR's first class big band, you know, and our and our and uh, 
our good friend Jim Richley is on the drums because you know. Oh G- yeah, 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 yeah. He drums for eighteen thousand different genres of music. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He. I. I. I, I, I haven't seen he, Rich forever either. I. I think he might be the new drummer in the Imagination Movers. Even for all I know. Oh, sorry. Disney reference. I was a dad. <laughs> I took my. The Imagination Movers, if you don't know who they are, they're on Disney. It's four guys dressed up in moving coveralls, and they stay all original music, and it's all kid-related stuff with themes and, and more moral lessons and blah, blah, blah. Well, my kids were addicted to that show when they were young. So they actually were coming to Akron, and my oldest son, Donato, was past the imagination movers phase and my youngest son who is six years younger than donato it was right in that wheelhouse where he was addicted to that show where we watched it over and over again and so my ex-wife and i got tickets to the show good seats and my son dante at the time had very long hair we let his hair grow out because you know dad and it was down to his shoulders at this point. And it was so coincidental. He kind of looked like the bass player in the Imagination Movers. So we found a blue coverall that matched theirs. And we had a name tag because they had their name tags on it. Like, you know, like a worker has a name tag right. on his coveralls. Right. So we put Dante on it. We went to the show and he was one, he dressed up. So, you know, the concert's going on. Dante's having a blast. So they, at a point in the concert, they invite the kids up to this, the, the orchestra pit area. They didn't have any seating there. And they wanted the kids to come closer to the stage and dance. And they said the parents could stay. They didn't want the parents to stand. They wanted the kids to come out only. So the parents can line up at the edges of the orchestra pit to keep their eyes on their kids. And we want the kids to come out and dance for a while. So, you know, you could see from different parts of the auditorium, parents letting their kids come down. And it got a little little chaotic, a little disorganized at one point. And so I, I looked at my ex and I said, I'm going to take Dante down there. She said, go ahead. So I go down there. She goes, keep your eye on him. <laughs> well, I guess uh, you're going to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> so... I loved the Imagination Movers too, and they put on their show was fantastic, very energetic. They played their own instruments. There was no lip syncing. It was live. It was. It had a lot of energy to it. And so the kids are down there dancing, and I'm kind of getting into it. I've, I'm starting to pay attention to the band more than I am my kid at this one point. And then I look down to where my son was. He's gone. He's not where he was dancing with these other little kids. And I'm looking around, and I can't find him. Now, my ex-wife can't see me at this point. She doesn't know that I've lost sight of my son. Yeah, you're hyperventilating I'm at this point. I'm kind of losing my mind a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I look to the right, and on stage left, on the stage is my son. Mm-hmm. He worked his way over to the steps that came up because it was it was an Akron Civic Theater, so it was a theater. You're right. So there's steps going up to the stage, and he walked up the steps. 
all of a sudden he is on stage with the imagination movers and he's having the time of his life and the band all of a sudden notices him i notice him my ex-wife i turn around she sees him she's losing her shit I, of That's course, where you just take credit for it. I'm loving my life. <laughs> my son's on stage. Yeah. And it was so funny because when the song ended, because it was towards the end of the song when he did it, the the bass player went over to Dante and and everyone's looking because they look alike. It looked like a little mini me. And the place is going nuts. And my wife's hating me at this point because as much as I thought that was the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life at one point to see my son up on stage with his idols. Well, at the time he was like thrilled and the kid and the bass player got down on a knee and they, everyone's looking, Oh my God, he looks just like me. He said something on the mic cause they had headset mics. Yeah. So he's talking. And so I walk over to the steps and uh, one of the stage hands leads him back down and he's like, I want to stay dad. It was, so I haven't asked you this. Have, have either one of your kids been bit by the entertainment bug? Absolutely not. Now, Dante did some musical theater. He did some youth theater a couple of years ago, and I, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to bite him wholeheartedly and he was going to do it, and uh, it didn't take. Maybe once he gets a little bit more in high school and gets into the drama department, I'm hoping to encourage something like that. But uh, he goes to Holland High School. They don't have a big theater department, and they do a school play every year. But it's usually most of the se- mostly seniors. That's something. So, that's so yeah. sad. that's disappeared. Yeah, he's, pretty much yeah, everywhere. Dante had his moment. He had his moment where he did some stuff, and hopefully, I'll see some more of that. He's definitely the ham of the two. Donato is a little more mellow. Mm-hmm. My oldest is very mellow. He loves his music. Loves going to concerts. Definitely has a music bug mm-hmm. like I do. But you couldn't get him in front of a microphone if you paid him. He has no desire to do that. I could see Dante doing something like that down the road. He's definitely got more of a Simply Ed personality to him, which some say is not always a good thing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> boy, do I get myself in trouble. Well, hopefully, though, he will, you know, he's observed he's learned a lot from his father you're a terrific communicator so i know there's really oh you know what i've been very open with my kids Mm -hmm. about what's i've gone through in in some of my life experiences that maybe some parents wouldn't talk to their kids about at that age and i have not hesitated i think it'd be a complete waste if you if you didn't right yeah right good for you yep um my son and I had, we went through uh, the big talk before COVID. And that was, you know, where, what he loves about me, where I failed him, that whole thing. It was, uh, yeah, and getting it as an adult, uh, it was tough. It was a tough time. The where, out. you asked the where I failed you question? Or I didn't ask me, he told me. I Interesting. It wasn't so much that, you know, I carried a lot of guilt. He knew that. Right. Um, but regardless of the fact, he he pretty much stood up like a man and 
let me know exactly how he felt. But the whole time letting me know, too, that uh, he loved me and he loved me even more. And me, same way with him. And relationship has a bit better. I don't have any problems with um, differentiating with him with age for whatever reason. And I guess that's primarily because we basically both grew up together. Right. So he's never, I, I don't think of him now as a 20-year-old. I remember him as a 20-year-old. I right. remember him as a 15-year-old. We were talking about music and stuff and all of that earlier. I remember one of the first times I was blown away by my son knowing music that that I that I knew um, was a show that you and I, you were actually the sound engineer. It was when Dave and I were doing one of our radio shows in downtown Youngstown. We had the stage. It was all, remember, it was set up during right. the summer. Right. And um, oh, I think it was Graphic Pink, oh. one of those bands that was playing afterwards. Man, did they own their little slot of mm -hmm. time when they were popular. They owned it. And so before the band played, and of course you're sitting there, they're getting the stage set after our radio show, and my son is sitting on a road case, and you were playing R.E.M., It's the End of the World as We Know It. And I heard this singing, and I turned around, and it was my 12-year-old, whatever he was, son, sitting there on the road case and singing loud and singing every single lyric. And oh, I that's looked nice. at him, and I said, where in the world did you learn that? And from your record collection. That was nice. the first time that ever happened. That's really nice. I would have picked a better song. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's a, it, talk about a difficult song. Yes, I absolutely. never could do that. I couldn't do that in karaoke. Exactly. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that and We Didn't Start the Fire. I, I never oh, even tried to tackle any of those songs. God. I don't think my mind works that quickly. Mm -mm. Well, so how was your Thanksgiving? Well, um, it was my ex-wife's turn with the boys, so quiet. It was quiet very quiet, her. and my and my wife's son went to Michigan to visit a friend. So it was just my wife and I, and I remember uh, the week or so before that, I was at Aldi's, where I always buy my turkey every year. I, that's where my wife our... told me, you know, if it's just going to be us this year, don't get a big turkey. No. I got a problem. It's Beth Ann and I. We did 20-pounder. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I called her, and I said, hey, listen, there's a 21-pound turkey here that's perfect. I go, should I grab it? Because I'm on the phone with her at the freezer mm -hmm. at Aldi's. She goes, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. A 21-pound turkey, it's just going to be the two of us. So I said, okay, okay, you know what? I'll just get the 20-pound, and I hung up. <laughs> do you stuff your bird? No, I do not. I brine my bird. I remember that. We did have this conversation I brine my bird ago. for 48 hours prior and get it out the, like, uh, the crack ass of, like, before dawn. Mm-hmm. And uh, let it get to room temp, and I stuff it with apples and onions. Okay, yep. And then I make this compound, and I paint it. It's a margarine-based compound with herbs and spices, and I paint the outside of the bird with this thick compound once it dries so the paint so it sticks. 
Mm-hmm. And then I put it on my smoker. We call that a poultice. There you go. <laughs> I put it on my smoker, and I smoke it for like eight hours at the wonderful temperature of 225 degrees. And uh, it comes out perfect every year. The, the smoker, my wife and I bought a smoker during COVID. We were, you know. Is it one of those like R2-D2 units? Oh, no, no. no it's you the big the banger thing. with the pellets and the oh, auger. Okay. And, oh, yeah. Oh, it, wow. it's, it's a big giant thing. Impressive. I know. Well, we. You can we, buy your own microphone. I know. I, I, <laughs> that's funny. That was funny, Dana. That was very funny. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, that was there. That was our big purchase during COVID because you know when the bars shut down, I was completely out of work because I don't have a day job. Mm-hmm. I make my living from karaoke and weddings and private parties, and uh, we bought a smoker. And I put that sucker together, and it's been. And I used it that first time. And it was like angels from heaven. That that steak that uh-huh. came off that smoker. And then I've discovered things like smoking tomahawk steaks, those big thick ones, and and you smoke smoking chili and a macaroni and cheese and a cast iron skillet. Smoking that it's just crazy stuff. So I have not done this since. But back in the day, back when you and I were down at Three by the River, down at Tully's, and Tully's was first starting to do barbecue, yes. and they brought in an outside smoker I that remember they were that. testing. Mm-hmm. That Thanksgiving, we actually smoked a half a dozen pumpkin pies. Nice. It was really good. That's interesting. It I was, bet you that was they were, really tasty. Yeah, they, they were pretty doggone good. The crust... You know, that is something you'd probably have to experiment with because the crust was definitely smoky. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you think of a, of a oh, smoke yeah. ring. Absolutely. I wouldn't even call the crust necessarily edible for me. Um, there are probably people that would love that. It right. Was, it, was, it was tough. But the, the custard and the, bot, the pie itself, it was just absolutely delightful. I'd yeah. love to try and do that again. Smoking meat mm-hmm. is my thing now. I learned a little bit in the South about how to smoke a pork butt. Mm-hmm. And that's about the extent of it. Well, last Easter, I smoked a leg of lamb because, you know, my Greek side, you got to have lamb. Yeah, I, I celebrate two Easters. Dill sauce or mint? Do you do a dill? No. no? A little bit of It's like a tzatziki type sauce okay, like sure. you use for, on gyros. Sure, absolutely. Gitos, yeah. I guess I should say, Giro. before I get a, get a comment. Yeah. You know. Greeks aren't allowed to say gyro. That's why I actually like the show off. I, I know. Giro. I know. I was very impressed that you threw that out there. I can't even roll the L. Giro. I know. Ah. My wife can't roll. <laughs> she can't roll the the. She tries. You know, there's a, I just started to get a tongue ring. <laughs> I like. Uh, I got this thing with my wife where I put on. I take a dish towel. And I put it over my head like an old Greek woman, and I like hold it like this. Instead of Bubba. And then, like, yeah, my, because it reminds me of my yaya. Yaya, that's it. When we were bad running through the house, when my yaya used to stay with us when I was little, we'd run through the house, and she'd be sitting there in her chair darning socks because she was, she, she, my mother would give her socks, and if there was a hole in it, she got her out a little darner thing, and she'd fix holes in socks. It that's was, all they ever did. That's all they, they ever did. They darned socks on the boat and, on the and way ne- over. And needlepoint and whatnot. So she would run through the hall, and then she'd say, Kakopedi, which is bad boy. And then there's this other one, the Thafaxilo, which is like, you're going to get it. 
And so I'll, I'll take that every once in a while. I'll be in the living room, and Cheryl will be sitting across the room, and I'll get a dish towel over here, and, and, uh, and I'll put it on, and I'll look at her, and I'll go. And then for a girl, you say, Gakokaritsi. Like, that's bad girl. And it's like, and I do it with it, with it. And I, I, I lower my voice and I kind of, and like my yaya. And, and mm-hmm. my yaya used to do this with the hand, which mm-hmm. we can't see in the podcast, but you know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, you know exactly. And, and it's, she'll just pee her pants every time. It, it never fails. She just loses her shit every time I do it. Miss the grandmas. I this is the uh, time of year I, I always. Miss oh yeah, my grandmother. Well, my mother into the holidays. Yeah, my mother passed away right before Christmas. Uh, God, I don't know how long has it been now. I don't want to even quote. Don't quote me, but it's been at least five years. And uh, so every time around the holidays, I really think about my mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she was. She was the. She taught me how to make wedding soup and baklava, and you know, it's like uh, I got both sides, and and I'll be doing that here very shortly, because I make baklava every year. As a matter of fact, my baklava is so good that people buy it off me, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll be it'll be going up for sale here in the next couple of weeks. All so. right, well, let's sell some baklava. For uh, you. I think I'll post. It. I'll share it. All right, let's no, do I'll, it. We'll Put in your baklava can... orders now. Simply at baklava. It doesn't, I love doesn't sound very Greek. We would call it simply Ted. Simply Ted. <laughs> Ted Santolis. Oh God, I loved working for that band. I loved running sound for a Greek band. Greek. I love Greek music. It has got rhythm and it's got. It just it makes you want to move. That I love the sound of a bazooka, and you mix it in with the clarinet and a good bass line and a really good drummer. There's almost a little jazz type feel to the drumming in a Greek band. Oh God, I had such a great time running sound for that band. I'll have to feature them sometime, or we'll have to dig some up and play it on. Oh this yeah, we why shouldn't... don't we do that? That was really my introduction to Mediterranean music. I've got some extra uh, Grecian key albums sitting in my basement. <laughs> we can sell want, them. We can what sell would happen them. if if you want to get the the Greek beacon up? If you want to grab their attention, let's go. I've sell got a their box albums. of albums downstairs that I never got rid of. It's seven bucks. <laughs> no, we no, we got to do we got to do it up right. We got to put like a fifty dollar. That's how we'll raise money for the podcast. We'll sell the Grecian key. We'll sell out your inventory. Oh, my God. And then see if we get sued. Yeah, no, well, Giorgio, <laughs> trust me, Giorgio will be on the phone. Would we even be able to hire a Greek attorney? Or, That'd be interesting. Oh, if we get sued by the Greeks, can we hire a Greek attorney? That could be fun. <laughs> I have this idea, and I don't know that I could do anything with it. Okay. And I'm just going to throw it out there. Somebody's probably going to steal it. All right. And then we're going to be kicking ourselves. But wouldn't it be fun to put out a whole bunch of retro T-shirts of the old clubs and old stages that used to be in the area? I mean, I think here in Sharon, like in Hermitage, we had Domenico's. Oh, God. I remember the the flashbacks used to play there all the time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Brothers Three Lounge. Oh yeah, you or, know, or, the or yeah, the New Affair. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. Um, oh, the, um, they all had logos. I'm Schuster's. sure we could find them. Schuster's, right there on the PAO the New Ohio Music border. Station downtown. Pal yeah. Joey's, and every once in a while, I see New York Music T-shirts crop. Somebody's selling those. Yeah, I, which there, I think is there terrific. is a there is a, a 
company in downtown Youngstown. I think they have a little storefront too that that uh, that's like a Youngstown theme type store. It'd be fun to do a, like an homage. Oh, that would to be all of amazing. these sages that are gone. You know, I'd love to find an old Foxy's logo. I remember that place back in Warren. Tin Pan Alley, of course. Oh. Everybody's been to Tin Pan Alley, oh, even if God. they weren't there. I still and then in Kahunaville. Oh, I forgot about. Well, so how, how about this is where I go back to the mall. <clears throat> that was one of my first jobs, and when I was first married, my first marriage, and uh, I was a waiter at Gadgets. Oh, really? Yeah. And then when Gadgets, when they sort of defunct the chain, but they held on to it. They were trying to attract some outside investors to take over gadgets as it was. And they so they took down the whole Looney Tunes right. show. And my brother Brett and I actually went in there and painted all the logos and everything on that backstage. And they rearranged the letters of gadgets into EGADS. And they did Snidely Whiplash with Penelope on the mm-hmm. railroad tracks. So that was my brother and I that did all the artwork. I did not for that. know that. And uh, we turned it into an adult nightclub. Right. And then I was, it's really with my professional DJing. I mean, I DJed a lot, but that was, I mean, because they did a Saturday Night Fever floor, remember the multicolored right. and everything else? And yeah, and I ended up, I was one of the club jocks there. Nice. And did a little entertainment booking. and But Very yeah, good. that was right out of the gate. That was, that was, that was the Tuesday night back in the day. <clears throat> that was, was back. Cahunaville. Oh um, my God. You want to talk about people. Going back real quick to EGADS too. That was when the VIP was across the parking oh, lot. Oh yeah. It was up and running like uh, crazy. Boy, did that place just get mobbed every weekend. But Cahunaville was fun. While it, it was. Lasted. It was. It was like a Disney version of a yeah. tiki environment. I know. It was great. They but used you to dance. A- so they had the bartenders and the waitresses all had the dance routines, and mm-hmm. they'd take breaks, and they'd all jump on the bar and do the dance routines. It was really cool. It was it was a great idea, great concept, and I don't know why. It, I think um, they started raising their food prices, mm-hmm. and that's when things started to go a little sour because this is the Mahoning Valley. You can't start jumping up your prices like you're in Pittsburgh or Cleveland I remember- and expect people to – Eat your food. I remember with gadgets and going back, I mean, this is 1982, 80, 80, 82, 83, um, and it being billed as the $10 hamburger joint back then. Yeah. But you were getting, you know, Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian right. Devil entertaining you. I know. In jerky but. motion. <laughs> Frightening for young, young children. <laughs> The bar that they had there was a mad scientist laboratory, and I actually ended up with a whole bar set of that stuff. Oh, really? Because all the glasses and stuff were beakers. Oh, that's a great idea. And all kinds. Yeah. I don't remember that. And then when I moved to Florida, it got shipped down to Florida, and then it got destroyed. Yeah. I didn't. I had not a piece of it left. Oh, boy. I love reminiscing. Oh, yeah. This is where we play Little River Band. Okay. No. <laughs> but yes, I love the Little River Band. A very underappreciated Australian band. Oh, I uh, did a show with them at the Trumbull County Fairgrounds. Nice. Back in the day. Yeah, they were the entertainment out Trumbull County Fair. Very good. And uh, terrific bunch of guys. I'm saw, sure. Saw them several times. Saw them out in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, too, at Music Fest. 
you know, one of those German right. music fests they have going on in the streets of. Well, my friend, I um, I'm looking forward to the holidays. I, I'm debating on whether do we start talking about the holidays. I ah, will save it for next time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be December. We can uh, like, yeah. like at my karaoke shows, Dana. You're not allowed to sing Christmas songs till after December first. <clears throat> you know, I used to be. A, I was a purist my whole life, and even when I've done podcasts or radio shows or different things, I've always like held off of. Darn it! I'm not playing Christmas music till at least you know two weeks before Christmas. Ooh, wow! You know, that was very purist. I was kind of strict. I know, but this year with the podcast and and it's all music that um, is being performed locally in one form or another or has been or artists that have been through here it was fun putting it together and i just decided you know what this year i'm going to throw it up on thanksgiving just to do something oh. a little extra so it's up and it's running okay and it's uh i'm kind of tickled with it i listened to it last night for the first time in a while I'll since i produced it. it it's like okay this was fun good i think you'll like it good Merry i have Christmas. a new catchphrase happy holidays thank you you too oops a new catchphrase. Um, no, let me see here. I sort of lost my train of thought with your wonderful, generous greeting there. Well, there is a war on oh, Christmas, you know. Yeah. So the go-go bungalow, another description of the go-go bungalow? Yes. Is when go-go boots meets Andy Griffith. Whoa. How do you like that? Interesting. That's kind of what we're doing here. Okay. Go go boots meets Andy Griffith. So you need to. We need to do a remix with the Andy Griffith yeah. song. It's kind of like you remember when mixed with some reggae. Remember when my three sons was black and white. Yes. And then Robbie got married and it all went color. Yes. And all of a sudden we had go go boots. Okay. And print. Yeah. That's right. kind of what I I see and the feel I'm feeling I get around that. this place. All right. Another little realization I had last night with my. Gang of intellectuals, the county coroner and the owner of the local rodeo and the anthropologist and the lovely Miss Beth Ann. Um, we live in a dad bod world where anti-heroes are our heroes. Nice. I love that. You like that? I do like I that. I thought you might appreciate that. Definitely the dad bod thing. <laughs> <laughs> And I consider myself a little bit of an anti-hero right now because... Do you know what brought it on? Was uh, We were talking and, and uh, John uh, brought up uh, the song uh, Jelly Rolls, Save Me. Yes. And he's like, I'm, I'm screaming that at the top of my lungs every morning when I get up and started laughing. And it just kind of rolled <laughs> off the top of my head. Nice. We now live in a dad bod world where anti-heroes are our heroes. That's a great way to wrap it up. Well, there it is. That's a perfect way to wrap it up. I'll see you next time, my friend. And I can't wait. Goodbye, everybody. The Penn Ohio Go Go Bungalow Radio Show, brought to you by G&J Fencing. <laughs> <laughs>